Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the personal development podcast for authors, entrepreneurs, and career professionals who are looking to level up and become unstoppable. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner. Joining me as always, you know him as the super CEO, the business strategist extraordinaire, and all-around good guy, Ted Fells. We are on, what, episode number 124 of the 30-Minute Hour podcast. Amazing. Yeah, and and we want to thank those of you watching us on this special Thursday edition. You know, when we broadcast on Thursday, we always have a special message. And again, I know I have quite a few people that are looking to start podcasts and are looking to get their reach out there. So I thought it would be great for us to to have this episode uh, to really share with the people. Uh, And again, keep in mind, as as you're probably finding out already, this is not your everyday podcast. Even if we do it every day. (laughs) It's not your everyday. everyday But it's not your everyday. Mm -mm. (laughs) Now, we we do things a little differently. Our our goal uh, for this show is to help you to laugh, to learn, and to level up. And if you feel like we've accomplished that, share the show. Share the show. That's right. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it. That's right. Yeah, don't, don't keep us a secret. You know, whenever you get good information, the best thing you can do is share it uh, and spread the message. Um, but those of you, you can watch us live. You tune in right now. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We're on YouTube. And then later we record this episode and we put it on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all of those podcasting platforms where you like to get your information and don't forget to join the what now movement facebook group today is thought leadership thursday mm. that's right so the focus is on thought leadership and kind of ties into what we're going to be talking about today uh so ted yes eric i've got something that's on my mind please share eric all right so today, Ted, I want to talk about something. Um, don't suck at podcasting. Try this instead. Right. Don't suck at podcasting. Try this instead. All right. So in his famous TED Talk, Simon Sinek, he said the following. He said that the goal isn't to do business with everyone who needs what you have. The goal is to do business with everyone who believes what you believe. Mm. And, and I found that to be 100% true. Um, and and I, I think it's true for the business of podcasting as well. And again, quite a few of our followers are starting podcasts or thinking about podcasts. I thought we'd be good for us to talk about this. And so the question is, now how do you attract the people who believe what you believe how do you attract your tribe mm. people that get it that are going to follow you that are going to share your show that are going to promote your business so so ted th- this is the part of the program we, we need people's undivided attention right we, we need your focus right now right you can't be mike you can't be multitasking right if you're driving right now you need to pull over to the side of the road if you're driving right now you're in the gym. A lot of you listen to us from the gym. Got to press pause on the treadmill. 
Is anything else that people need oh, to do? Yeah. Or the weight bench. You got to put pause on the weight bench. I'm doing the weight bench. <laughs> then after all that, you got to put the ham sandwich down. Right now, put the ham sandwich down. It's about to get good. That's right. Put the ham sandwich down. I mean, so the question is, you know, how do you attract the people who believe what you believe? How do you attract your tribe? Hmm. Tell your personal stories. That's right. Tell your personal stories. And, and I would take it a step farther by leaning into whatever that thing is you think disqualifies you. Mm. That's very important. I think if, if you want to attract those people and you, you want to be authentic, I mean, think about it. you tell your personal stories about those negative experiences that you have, you come across as relatable. Mm. Right, everybody on social media is talking about how great they're doing and everything is all good. It's a rosy picture. You're going to stand out if you're telling, if you're painting a realistic picture. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that, Eric, because I'm like, man, everyone's kids is on honor roll. <laughs> like, like all of your kids are like really bright. <laughs> and I know some of you all, and all of your kids are really bright. Come on, now. somebody's got to be getting a B or a C or something. Ted, everybody's bought a new car. Everybody's just moved into a new house. Everybody's new getting job. It's mm. perfect. The perfect situation. Wow. Everybody that starts a new, everybody that drops out of college to start a business is Bill Gates. That's right. it. That's it. That's it. The rosy picture. That's right. Mm. Yeah. So, so, I mean, but the key is, is really, it's about being relatable. And I talked about, you know, does your podcast suck or don't don't suck at podcasting? I, I think if you're just like that's a good that's a sure way to suck. Just to be like everybody else and not be telling your own authentic story. Mm. Yeah, but this will help to attract those people. Um, and then like I said, you won't suck if you're telling a relatable story and you're being authentic. And, and this really gets us to our guest today. Um, he's been described as a professional storyteller. Mm. And he tells personal stories about his negative experiences. Uh, and, he, and he definitely works with influencers and coaches and uh, business owners. It helps them to expand their reach, provides them coaching. He's described as a professional storyteller, like I just mentioned. He spent the last seven years in various uh, media production roles, videographer, photographer, writer, graphic designer. His work has taken him to over 20 states and to 13 different countries uh, and has included a documentary film and an eight-episode miniseries along with several commercials. And, and he's got, um, he has a deep passion about raising awareness of mental and physical and sexual abuse that's going on within the independent Baptist churches and is currently producing a documentary on the subject. Um, his accompanying podcast, Preacher Boys, launched in January of 2020, and it hit nearly 130,000 downloads by August. So please join me in welcoming to the 30-Minute Hour podcast, Eric Schwarzinski. Awesome. Good to be here, guys. <laughs> Roaring <Welcome>. applause. <laughs> Eric, Eric. All right. Welcome to the show, Eric. It is truly an honor to have you as our guest. 
And definitely want to paint the picture for everybody. Uh, Let's roll the clock back. Let's start start with your childhood. What what did you want to be when you grew up? From the time I was a little kid, probably six years old, I was running around with a camera making movies with my friends. So I always wanted to do storytelling. I, you know, that evolved over the years from filmmaker to documentaries to, but from the very beginning, it was just telling stories. That was my, that was my goal from pretty much day one. As soon as I knew that was possible to do, that was what I wanted to do. That's interesting. So, So what was it about the story that had you so interested? I, well, my friend growing up had a, uh, his dad would always collect the newest cameras that came out. And so we would get the hand-me-down of whatever those cameras were. So when he upgraded from VHS to the mini DV cameras, we got a VHS camera. So when I was like six years old, we were running around and I was like, we can make movies. Like we can literally set up a camera and make a movie and, you know, play with cuts and, and editing and all these different things to make this work. And I think I just enjoyed the the fact that I could do what I was watching on the big screen. Like I always loved movies. I always loved watching star Wars and Indiana Jones and all these different, you know, movies. And the fact that we could replicate that not well at the time, but the fact that we could replicate that was really exciting to me. Wow. Okay. All right. And and so if you could go back in time to those early days with with the knowledge that you have now, like what, what advice would you give to yourself? I mean, that's a really good question. I mean, honestly, I was really lucky. I had a lot of people around me that encouraged me to keep pursuing, you know, the path that I was on. Um, I don't have a traditional story of, you know, my parents pushed me to be a doctor and I wanted to do this. Like I had kind of those, those people pushing me along the way early on. I I think if I was going to go back and tell a younger version of myself I, I, at six, I mean, I was doing what I could do. Um, I think if I could go back to my high school self, I think I would have, you know, told myself as a 13 or 14 year old, don't wait till you're 18 to start your business. Like I could have started, mm. I often think about if I had started a podcast in, you know, ninth grade, uh, what kind of impact would I have now? Or if I had started a YouTube channel back in, you know, seventh or eighth grade, where would it be now? Um, so I think the biggest piece of advice would be just get started. Uh, don't wait for adulthood, the magical, you know, label of adulthood to get started. Just start now. If you're passionate about it, you know, take a swing at it and and start developing it. Start start from where you are. So so what is it that that, that you find that keeps people from just getting started? You know, we we all have these great ideas, but we don't always start. What holds people back? I, I think it's a lot of it is imposter syndrome. You know, that idea that I'm not, you know, who am I to be doing this? You know, and, and for me, that was, you know, you don't have that when you're six years old. Like when I was six, I thought I was making movies. Like I thought this is great. I'm like a few steps away, but as you get older and you start gaining self-awareness, which is a good thing, having self-awareness and knowing what your limitations are is good. But if you allow that to overpower everything else, you find yourself in a position where, you know, I'm sitting there going, well, who am I to say that this is my, you know, who am I to put together a short film? Who am I to go out and ask somebody to do a photo shoot? Who am I to go out and charge somebody uh, to do work for them? And so, you know, I, I just think that imposter syndrome slips in. Uh, you start gaining that sense that I'm not good enough yet. And that's, I mean, that's a problem outside of storytelling. That's a problem with businesses, with personal development is everybody's scared to take that first step because they're mm-hmm. not a pro yet but nobody's a pro when they get started. Like we all, you said, don't suck at podcasting. 
I sucked when I started podcasting, you know, like, but you have to suck at the beginning, you know, uh, Evan Carmichael, when we, uh, we did an interview with him, you know, everybody sucks. Like everybody sucks when they get started. You have to take those first steps to, to start growing and becoming better. Mm, good point. Yeah, that's great. That, that is a saying out there. I heard it's uh, every master was once a disaster. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we want to go through the di- disaster phase. We want to go right to mastery. So, so, so we talked about again the storyteller. What would you say is the significance of being a great storyteller? It's a two-part question. And what what can people do to become a great storyteller? I mean, the significance, I mean, I mean, story, it, it depends on the application of it, but I mean, storytelling helps get, get people to see a different perspective. You know, that's, that's the goal of storytelling. So, you know, if you're talking fictional narrative storytelling, you know, I, I just finished reading Tarantino's novelization of his, his latest movie. And, you know, the fact that you can teleport to 1969 and experience characters and, and be in this different world is really, really powerful. Um, moving that into the business context, uh, everything goes back to storytelling. Sales is fundamentally storytelling. It's trying to get someone to see a perspective they've never seen before. Uh, when, when you're selling, I used to work with an auto group, you know, when you're selling someone a car, uh, one or 2% of that conversation is, you know, here's how much horsepower, here's this, what you really want them to do is imagine, you know, when I bought my first car, okay, my daughter's car seat's going to be in the back of this car. We're going to be going to the beach together in this car. We're going to be making memories in this car. We're going to be moving furniture. Like I had to, I had to buy into the narrative that this car was going to be something that would be a part of our lives and be actually practical and useful. So um, as far as the, the, the meaningfulness of storytelling or the, the power of storytelling Everything starts with it. You know, even people that don't think they're creative, they're they're telling stories every day to get people to see their perspective and their their point of view. Now, of course, not everybody's great at that skill. Not everybody's mastered how to do that. So when it comes to mastering storytelling, I think I, I mean there's a million pieces of advice I could give, but the biggest piece I could say that comes to the top of my mind is, you know, what does your audience need to hear? To, to be able to, to buy into this story? What does your audience need to see to embrace what you're telling them? And so understanding your audience, understanding who it is you're communicating with will help you kind of craft that story in the most powerful way. Um, obviously, there's a lot of practical ways to improve, you know, learn how to say it shorter, learn how to say it longer, you know, learn how to adjust it for different audiences. But baseline, you have to be able to communicate with your audience first and not just be telling the story for yourself because nobody's mm-hmm. going to listen to it for the same reason that you're passionate about it. Like they need mm-hmm. to hear it from their perspective, their lens and, and kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think if you, if you get the storytelling, right, I mean, it really, you have an impact because I, yeah. I like I've done presentations and I told a story and seen somebody years later that remembered the oh. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. How do you make them feel? You know, um, my friend Travis always says people might not remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Like what are the, they might not remember all the facts of your keynote presentation or even remember your podcast points and your top three takeaways, but they'll remember, oh, I laughed or, oh, you know, they inspired me to be a better leader. Like there, there was something there that resonated with them in a, a really meaningful way. Hmm. Great, 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 great. 
So in your experience working with podcasters, people that want to start podcasting, um, what, what are some of the common mistakes that, that you see out there that people should avoid? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say there's two. So one, I would say it goes back to the imposter syndrome. Um, so I think a lot of people think oh, I'm not ready. I don't, I'm not an audio engineer. I don't know how to, you know, blah, 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 all these different things that they think they don't know how to do. Um, and they either let that stop them in their tracks or they put a checklist that's way too big in front of them to prevent mm. them from starting. So I need to buy a microphone. I need to spend $20,000 on a studio setup. I need to do all these different steps. And the reality is to get started, you need a computer, you need a USB microphone, and that's pretty much it. That's what you need to actually start recording. So I would say many people make the mistake of waiting too long, trying to check too many boxes, like just get started. The other piece of this would be going back to the audience thing. I think a lot of people go into podcasting saying, I'm going to be like Joe Rogan style. You know, I'm just going to sit down. We're just going to talk for three hours and it'll be good. <clears throat> You're not Joe Rogan. You know, the, the, that's, that's not who you are. You know, there's, there's a lot of reasons that Joe Rogan show works. And, you know, a lot of that is, is just complete. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to be your path. It, you, you're not a UFC commentator. You didn't have a history on fear factor. You're not an interesting character with a bunch of comedian <laughs> friends. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons that it works that most of us don't have access to. So you cannot expect to just go out and just have random conversations and get traction. So what people need to do is they need to pick a niche or a topic that they can specifically speak into and draw people in with that topic and then be good enough when they do come in for that topic that they stay for you. Uh, when I started my show about church abuse, I was a nobody, like I'm still a nobody relatively like there's in that niche, I've become something of a name, but that's that niche. Um, when I started my show, it was Eric Skahu and, and what is this? And, and what's he talking about? People came for a topic that was, they were passionate about. And over time, they started asking me, what do you think about it? What's your perspective on it? We want to know what Eric Skorzynski thinks, not just, you know, what this person or this person thinks. So picking a niche that you can grow in, a niche that's not super hypersaturated and uh, tackle it and make it your own. Don't rely on just being charismatic because there's a lot of people more charismatic than you. There's celebrities starting podcasts that have been professionally charismatic, have a you know, 10 million followers, like you can't rely on beating those people. What you can do is crush a certain niche or a, a certain area that nobody else has. That's a good point. So, so you mentioned something earlier about yeah. how, you know, that we try to be like other podcasters, yeah. but, but there's a challenge there, right? Because when you're starting out, maybe you're listening to, I don't know, Ed Milet with Tim yeah. Ferriss. So you don't really... That's what that's your model. So, so how do you strike that balance for wanting to emulate good examples, but at the same time being yourself? Yeah, I, I think the the issue becomes because I, I definitely have people I look up to and and I've I've taken lessons from. I think when you try to photocopy somebody else's journey verbatim, uh, you have a lot of issues there. I think you know I mentioned Tarantino earlier. Uh, Tarantino references 
a lot of different movies. You know, he pull he lifts scenes. He, he has a quote. He said, "Great artists steal; they don't do homages." So he'll take things verbatim and place it into his movies, make it a million times better, and then plug it into his story. I, I think, likewise, you know, when when you're looking at, you know, say. For example, Jordan Harbinger, who's somebody that I, I love Jordan Harbinger's interviewing style. So I've, I've taken a lot of lessons from how he interviews, but I haven't tried to mimic, you know, his personality because that's Mm -hmm. not mine. I haven't tried to mimic his format a hundred percent because my format is a little bit of a mix between his interview style, but with the Joe Rogan length and depth, you know, of the episode. So there is a, there is a balance there. Um, I just think you have to make sure that you're not masquerading as somebody else. Like you can't be, your real self is going to come out when you're doing 45 minute episodes every week, it's going to come out. So if you're trying to be Ed Milet and you're not Ed Milet's personality to a T that's going to slip really quick and it's going to make you look phony. It's, it's going to, there's going to be something there that your audience picks up on and goes, Oh, that's, there's something not quite right. This doesn't feel like it's truly them. Mm. Absolutely. It goes back to being authentic. Again, yep. sharing your own authentic stories. So like the super successful people that we had, like yourself, that, that we have on the podcast usually talk about mentorship, right? Yep. They talk about how their mentors have helped them to level up and lessen their learning curve. I mean, talk about some of your mentors and how they've helped you. Yeah, I, there's two that I always you know, mentioned, uh, the biggest one, his name was Dan Ermler. He was, uh, he ran a a small media company out of Fresno. Um, and that's where I interned. I didn't go to college. I went and interned doing a media internship. I worked traveling all over the world, all over the country, you know, shooting promotional videos. And the biggest lesson that he taught me was when I came to work with him, I knew nothing. Like I, I, I knew how to hold a camera. I knew I was creative with my shots but my technical knowledge was very poor. Um, I didn't know how to consistently get the looks that I was trying to get. I would set up a shot right, but it would be overexposed or my frame rate would be off all these things. And so he really taught me the importance of not just, you know, creativity is good, but you also have to know how to get the look you're trying to achieve. You can't rely on the luck of getting it. So really taught me the importance of like actually studying and learning my, my craft uh, in a really meaningful way. The other piece, uh, he also taught me how to be really fast and proficient, which when you're not relying completely on luck, it's a lot easier to do that. Um, the other person is is uh, someone I work with currently. It's Travis Chapel, who hosts the Build Your Network podcast that I co-host with him. Um, you know, he has really, I mean, he's really taught me a ton, especially in the podcasting realm. Um, you know, I learned by watching his mistakes for a year and a half and skipped all of those mistakes. When I started my show, um, all of those things, niching down, um, you know, uh, learned how to, how to, you know, send out requests to get people to come on my show, learned how to really leverage my audience, things like that. So um, I would say, I would say mentorship is definitely important and I wouldn't be where I am without getting under people who have done what I want to do and are a few steps ahead of me, not reaching out to, you know, when I was first interested in making videos, I didn't need to go find Steven Spielberg and study under him. I need to find somebody who had actually brought on clients that hired him to work. You know, I, when I wanted to start my podcast, I didn't need to sit down with Joe Rogan. I need to sit down with somebody who was quickly approaching a million downloads on their show, who had done that first year and a half, 
where they were close enough to me where I could attain where they're at. Um, and I'm not shooting just randomly, like, let's go shoot for the moon. Like, I needed practical action steps to get me to where I wanted to go. Hmm. Yeah, so Travis Chappelle has done a lot of big things. Yeah. Uh, you talk, talk about him specifically and kind of how he's impacted you. Yeah. I, I mean, what's really crazy is so, like, we grew up kind of the same circle, but I was always a step or two behind him. So I'd moved to an area. He had been there a month before and had just left. Or I, I went to go work at a job. He had been there two months before and had just left. So like, I always knew of him. He knew of me, but I was always kind of trailing behind him. And, you know, I just started, I started working with him about six months into his podcast. Um, he had just landed an interview with Grant Cardone. He was needing clips done for that, you know, just taking his existing footage, chopping it up. So I did a cover photo for him. I did some clips for that. And just over time, it went from cutting up clips to going and filming with him to, you know, editing episodes to helping appear on some episodes to co-hosting. So it just grew over time. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, he really, what I saw through him was how quickly podcasting could accelerate how people know you. Um, it could give you credibility really quickly and you could connect with people that you wanted to talk to. So instead of it being this thing of, man, I wish someday I could talk to John Maxwell, you know, I was seeing Travis, you know, a year into a show interviewing John Maxwell, or I wish I could interview this person. And then we're in New York at Fox studios interviewing Tommy Laren. Like it was so bizarre how quickly that could happen. And I saw it happen with me. So again, skipping a lot of the mistakes that he had made, you know, taking the advice that he had laid out and following some of that path while also making it my own, you know, I was able to see myself go, you know, to where I'm now at half a million downloads a year and a half into my show. I've, I've interviewed uh, several of my dream authors that I've wanted to talk to. I've gotten to, you know, monetize my show and get ad sponsorships, things like that. So it's been really cool just getting to to see someone who's a little bit ahead of you and kind of follow their path while also again putting your own spin on some of those things and and making it your own good yeah i, I like to talk about this whole mentorship piece because we have a lot of entrepreneurs and yeah it's tempting to try to go it alone and yeah it is try to power yeah. through it yeah. but i think the mentorship piece can help you to not bump your head as much right um, yeah well, if you see the person oh. in front of you bump their head, you know to duck. Right. You know, so you get to learn. You get to learn from their mistakes, um, and and you know that's a lot better position to be in than what solopreneurs try to do, which is I can do it. I can I can go this way. It's like no, check and see where everyone else you know hit their head or fell through the floor or you know got bit. You know, and and ditch that when you're going along the same path. You'll still hit your head, but it's not going to be as frequent. You know. Absolutely. So, so you're the host of the Preacher Boys podcast. So talk about what inspired you to start this. Yeah. So um, I, I grew up in the independent fundamental Baptist movement. Uh, it's a, it's a group of about three to 5,000 churches. Uh, it's about 1% of the U S population. So it's a very small, like, I think a lot of people when they hear what I do, they think Catholic church or they think, you know, large multi-million dollar institution that wasn't really my environment i grew up in it was it's a very small group 
but a very connected and very, you know, tight knit group. And so I grew up within that. My, my parents were on staff at a church, you know, um, and, and I grew up happy, you know, grew up in that, in that world. And when I was in about 10th grade, going to 11th grade, uh, we had, you know, anyone who's familiar with kind of the reporting on the Catholic church, you know, they moving people from church to church who had, you know, sexually molested somebody. Um, we had somebody move to our church who had done that. And I was the first person to find out about it. And I spent the next two years waving my arms saying, Hey, I feel like this is a problem. Um, it, it burst my bubble of, you know, Hey, we're the perfect religious community and nothing could happen here. And over those two years, uh, nothing really changed. Uh, he was taken down from the platform temporarily. Um, but he's still there. It's 10 years later. He's still serving there, working there. And so it really, it really, like I said, burst my bubble and made me start researching my, my denomination. And I realized that this was a problem that was repeating itself all over the country. Um, and so I, I sat with that for several years. And then in 2019, basically a photocopy of that story happened at a different church. And, uh, you know, what happened was I decided to finally address it. I was waiting for a big newspaper story or a big, you know, breakthrough documentary to happen. And I thought if no one else is going to do it, might as well be me and uh, started the show and it's, it's taken off. So, so what's been the impact? I mean, you talk about some of the results that have come just from you put this message out there. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty crazy. So um, I mean, one, when I started it, I thought hopefully by the end of, you know, by the end of the year, maybe I'll have a couple hundred people listening and ended the year, you know, I mean, 300,000 downloads, um, which was, which was mind blowing to me and hundreds of people reaching out to me, sharing their stories. Um, there's been so many, I mean, there's been people that have gone to therapy for the first time because we've addressed the stigma of it. We've had uh, people that have gotten to see justice in the court system because they've found out that there's a loophole in the statute of limitations. They're able to go forward. Um, I had a story in Canada recently that gained national attention. It was in CBC Canada uh, or CBC North uh, exposing abuse there in a church. So it's been a, it's been a really cool journey kind of seeing different people's stories get light shown on it that otherwise wouldn't have been there. And so it's just been really neat getting to see people's stories get out there for the first time. That's interesting. So, so what? Because that's a lot of downloads in a short period of time. I and mean, what yeah. is it about your platform? What is it that you think is drawing all the all the attention? Um, I think a lot of it. I mean, it it goes back to the niche conversation. I think there's uh, there's been a lack of healthy conversation about this. Um, there have been people that have kind of scattershot attacked, you know, and have you know have gotten some kind of traction. Um, but I think the fact that I was able to find you know, find a way to give voice to something that a lot of people were feeling, but didn't have an outlet for was really powerful. Um, and then also, I just think it, it comes down to the stories that were being shared. There were a lot of people that were willing to share very personal stories and, uh, you know, give a voice to, you know, what people sense was happening or what people had heard was happening. And then I have women and men as well, bringing <clears throat> forth stories that, you know, were heartbreaking and sharing those, being brave enough to share those and let people know that they're not alone. So um, 
I, I think it was that. I think it was just the fact there was nobody talking about it. Um, you know, whenever there was church abuse resources, it was the Catholic Church because of the mm-hmm. Boston Globe report. Um, so being able to talk about Baptist churches and that kind of stuff really opened the door for a lot of people to come forward in a meaningful way. Wow. So if there's someone that's watching or listening to us now that's in that situation, they've been abused, maybe it's the church, maybe it's somewhere else, based on your experience, and they're keeping it to themselves at this point, I mean, what, what steps do you think they take to make sure they're moving past this and being healthy? Yeah, I mean, it's really different for everybody. So I would say definitely, I mean, make sure you're ready to share your story. Um, you know, I think sharing your story can be really healing, but it can also, if you're not ready for it, can be really traumatizing all over again. So um, I would say finding someone that you can be very open with, kind of sharing what you want to happen, what you're hoping to happen. Um, and then, you know, allow, don't allow someone to tell you what to do with your story. Um, I have people that reach out to me who, you know, initially come to me saying, okay, I feel like I just need to tell my story on your show. And I ask a lot of questions, you know, have you gone to the police? Have you gone to law enforcement or have you gone to a lawyer? Have you, you know, and sometimes they'll go, oh, well, there's no way because it's been too long. And I'm able to say, well, go talk to this lawyer first, see if there's a a way that you could still go forward. And they'll find out there's a way to pursue something through the legal system. So I try to advise and say, hey, here's here's some options you may not have considered. And then at the point that they're truly ready to share the story, my door's open, like, let's do it. But I want to make sure that they are doing what's healthiest for them. Um, You know, I, I had somebody reach out that was like, you know, gave a lot of signs they didn't want to share their story. I think they felt like they had to. And I said, it's fine. You don't, you don't need to do that yet. You don't, ultimately the goal is not just to put out a show. That is what I'm doing. But my goal is for people to see justice in their situation, which sometimes going on my show is not the first step in doing that. Um, You know, sometimes people just need a connection to somebody. Uh, So to go to a lawyer, to go to law enforcement and talk about this kind of stuff. So it's different for everybody. I would just say, uh, you know, don't let someone push you a certain direction, how to handle it. Um, go to, you know, examine your options and see which one would be the best for you. Oh, that's great. Now it sounds like, I mean, that's a, that's an awesome resource that you're providing for people. Cause I think there's people out there that are just suffering in silence. Yeah, no, definitely. So no, that's great. So what what's next on the horizon? I mean, you've done a lot of great things yeah. uh, in your career up to this point. Uh, what's next on the horizon for you? Yeah. I mean, so the goal going into 2020 was to get a documentary going on the subject of abuse within the independent Baptist world and COVID really put a, put a big old uh, roadblock in front of that. Um, I still want to do that. That's still on my mind constantly. I'm thinking about it. Um, The issue is now, which is a good problem is that the podcast has had such a positive impact that, you know, how am I going to top that with a 45 minute documentary? Like, how do you compete with 160 plus episodes of, of content? So um, it will still happen. It's just trying to figure out how to make it happen. Um, but my goal right now is just to keep the momentum going of the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm working on a couple other things in the background. I can't talk about just yet, um, but just trying to keep keep things moving and and try to keep getting these stories out there. Interesting. So you mentioned COVID. You're curious, yeah. you know, like how did the pandemic impact your, your what you were trying to accomplish? 
uh, in a lot of ways. I'm so I was I was scheduled in the summer to go fly out and film interviews with several different people. Um, the travel restrictions were insane around that time period. Um, as far as funding, a lot of the funding fell through uh, because you know people were <laughs> safeguarding their money during that time. Um, so it was a it was a tricky spot and really shut everything down on all fronts. Um, I wasn't able to get to in-person interviews with people. Um, you know, it was, it was a tricky situation, a lot of unknowns. Um, now things are opening back up a little bit. I think, I think I can run a campaign to, to fund it. Um, but again, like I said, I have to figure out what that story is. That's going to be able to be worth it. You know, um, right now with a podcast with very little overhead, you know, I'm seeing 40 plus thousand downloads a month. Um, so what's the, you know, what's the documentary story that's going to cost a lot more, you know, how's it going to compete with the, you know, how strong the podcast is. So it's just a lot of it now is back to the story kind of version of is like, what is the story and how do you tell all of what's happened in the last two and a half years or a year and a half in a 45 minute to an hour and a half documentary, that's going to be a, it's going to be a tricky feat for sure. All right. Well, we are at the part of the program. This is Ted's favorite part, by the way, Eric. Uh, <laughs> we are at the part of the program where we go around the horn. Okay. And this is the part where each of us, we uh, we give a closing thought that can help people to ultimately become unstoppable. Um, so, Eric, you're the guest of honor. We'll start with you. What is that closing thought that you want to leave the people with? Oh man, that's a good question. And I feel like I have to make a really good one. Um, I've, I mean, I've kind of, I've kind of said it. I mean, I, I feel like everybody, you know, especially I know you have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show. Like, even if you don't identify as a creative, you know, really learn to master the art of storytelling. Um, and, and, you know, I think a lot of people, again, limiting mindset, I think a lot of people go, Oh, I'm more business oriented or I'm more this like, storytelling is a, is a gift that will keep on giving. Like if you can learn how to do that, if you can learn how to, how to share your message effectively and share who you are and what you do effectively, you're going to grow your business immensely. And uh, whatever your goals are, are going to be a lot more attainable if you can master that, that skill. So I would say just become a better storyteller. And yeah, the best way to do that is find mentors who have done that well in their business and kind of follow suit. Oh, that's great. So it could be as simple as finding someone that you look up to as a, an effective storyteller and modeling what they do. That's great advice. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Ted. Yeah, you know, I just in just looking at this, just thinking about it all, it just makes me think about, you know, as a as a child, always seeing myself as like a sports analyst. Like I always like would watch that on television. Like, man, that could that could be that could be me. And but then you think about, you know, how much school you'd have to, to go through and training and then only a, a certain percentage actually makes it right. But never once did I think that we'd have an opportunity to to have a platform and to, to have a, a show that we could do once a week or or every day. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and it's just a you know, and it and like you said, Eric, it's a. It's 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 your story, like it's whatever you want to talk about. You're the you're the executive producer of it, 
Yeah. You know, and, and I think that, yeah, that's just a, it's just a, a remarkable feeling. And so for that person that's thinking, you know, do I start a, a podcast and I don't know what I'm doing and you just yeah. get started just go out there and just keep doing it. And like Eric said, you, you know, and I can't, you know, I can't get it wrong because everybody's name is Eric. So one <laughs> Eric said it, right. But like Eric said, you, you, you can suck at first and you know, you're not going to, only way you'll be fired is if you fire yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you just keep doing it and keep doing it. And eventually, you know, you get into a groove with it and, you know, and you'd be surprised at how many people out there can kind of relate to, you know, what you are, uh, you know, what you're talking about or what you're thinking, your perspective. So. Yeah. 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 You're, 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 you're literally your only gatekeeper, you know, like there's, if you want to have a radio show 20 years ago, you had to be Howard Stern. Like you had to be yeah. the best of the best of the best. And now, I mean, an RSS feed for your podcast, like that's that, that means syndication. Like imagine having a syndicated show 20 years ago, like you can self syndicate. Now you can create your yeah, own podcast. You don't have to sit in front of somebody. You don't have to audition. Like you said, you're not going to get fired unless you fire yourself. You could yeah. literally be the worst podcast host in the world and do a hundred episodes. No one's going to fire you. You can only get better. <laughs> so, so uh, don't, don't roadblock yourself from doing it. But, you know, it's also, it's also funny. It just like when I watch television now, like the news in the morning, it just gives me a different perspective. I'm like, I'm just like those guys. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they need to be watching my show. Right. So yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Thank you. No, that's that's an excellent point. And so my around the horn has to do, you mentioned this whole thing with the imposter syndrome. And I just, I'm, I'm always amazed at how prevalent that is. Yep. You know, I mean, there are people that, are, that have massive following that still have it. You know, people that have million people in their pocket, and they still think that, you know, the police are going to come and arrest them and find out that they're a fraud. And then they don't really have the goods. But I think that the whole message of this is, I think you just have to start start from where you are. You know, and, and the key is, it was, so one of the things, that, and talk about being transparent, you know, when I was starting, right? I'm starting and, and one of the things I would always say is, okay, well, what am I going to say that hasn't been said already? You know, you already have Les Brown, you have Willie Jolly, Tony Robbins, you know, they've said a lot, a lot of these things, but the, what it is, your story is what makes you unique. No one has your story, right? So that's really, there's no reason to, to have that imposter syndrome because you're the only person on the planet that has your specific story. And like I said at the beginning, I think if you lean into that, you know, the, the, the people that have big followings, a lot of times are leaning into their vulnerability. Right. Yeah. Go look at the TED Talks. This is a homework assignment for our followers. Go look at the most popular TED Talks. The ones that have 28 million and this and that. They're, being, they're leaning into their vulnerability right. in most cases. That, that, that's a trend. So I think that's, a, that's not a coincidence. Yeah. So I think if we can really understand that uh, and really start telling our story, uh, you don't have to worry about sucking at at the art of podcasting, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, the other thing about that though is, is, is a, there's a lot of really confident people out here on the internet, though. Like there's people that would just go live 
anywhere in any time in any place and just feel like whatever it is that is on my mind there's some other people out here that that care about whatever it is i want to share yeah and yeah i mean it's a it's a great thing and then sometimes you you see some craziness but (laughs) (laughs) it is what it is absolutely Absolutely. So we definitely want to thank Eric Swazinski for coming on and sharing what he shared. So Eric, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah. I mean, the best place to connect with me would be to check out my, uh, my YouTube channel or my podcast, just search for preacher boys podcast. Uh, it should pop right up. Um, you can connect with me on a uh, Twitter. It's just at the Eric ski. Um, so E R I C S K I. Cause my last name is a monster. So good luck <laughs> typing that in. Um, but yeah, I would say just search for my name on, or, or the preacher boys podcast name on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts and you will find something connected to me. And, uh, there's not many Eric Skorzynski's out there, so uh, you should have no problem finding me. So. That's great. Great. Yeah, once again, we'd like to thank Eric for coming on the show and uh, sharing the information. And I think, again, this is another one of those episodes. If you're on a fence about starting a podcast or even launching that venture, get off the fence. Just do it. Yeah. Start. Start yeah, from where jump. you are. That's right. Jump in there. Absolutely. And don't forget to share the show. Share the show. <laughs> share don't keep it to yourself. Share the show. I mean, Eric dropped all these serious nuggets. You know, you can't keep that to yourself. I you shared it. You right. Share it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, make sure you share the show. Again, we thank Eric for coming on and being our guest today. Absolutely. Is- thank you. Yeah, this concludes uh, another excellent episode of the 30-Minute Hour Podcast. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of those places you'd like to get your podcast and listen to this. Until next time, 